One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, all right, we're coming back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown. Marco with me as always. Mike Anderson, how you doing tonight, Mike? Doing well, doing well. Off-season kicking off here. We just had free agency start, I believe, uh, last week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central. And, uh, you know, there's been a whole lot of movement before that, a whole lot of movement during it. So let's break down some of these quick, and we'll get into tail end here, some Vikings-specific um, signings, but... Uh, couple massive trades we'll start off with uh the giants they send olivier vernon and obj for kevin zeitler and jabril peppers and they get back a first round pick number 17 overall and a third round pick number 95 overall thoughts on these yeah. moves mike uh i mean i i guess i'm on on the camp that i don't think you should ever really trade a, a talent uh like obj especially at this point in his career so i know it, it seems that giants fans are not very thrilled to say the least uh either so i think you know uh, the browns are going to be happy they've, they've got quite the offense all of a sudden and you know, I mean, they, they got young baker there in a rookie contract still i mean they they got some good defensive studs i mean their defensive line right now is looking pretty pretty fierce yeah i think they were uh tied for a fifth I want to say fifth fifth highest Super Bowl odds now uh, after that the move. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Definitely good. Now that he's actually outside of the uh, NFC as well, um, so that's that's good. Um, another one we'll talk about here: Antonio Brown to the Raiders for a third round pick and a fifth round pick. This went before OBJ, but this was kind of interesting to see um, how that age plays a factor with OBJ being so much younger. And Antonio Brown probably in the last five, six years of his dominance, maybe even less than that. Um, so he goes to the Raiders, stays also out of the NFC. <laughs> what are the thoughts on this one here? Uh, I mean, you know, we as we've known, the Steelers were trying to part ways with, with Brown. I mean, they, I, I believe he sat down with ownership and they came to an agreement that, uh, hey, it's going to be best for both parties here to go somewhere else. So um, a little surprised that maybe there wasn't a, a bit more uh, going uh, to to Pittsburgh, um, but you know, ultimately, I think going to the Raiders will probably be. It, it seems like it's a good fit. Uh, you know, I, the Raiders obviously traded away Amari Cooper, uh, who was a, a stud receiver for them. Obviously, did very well once he went over to Dallas, and so now they kind of recoup. Um, you know that that loss in Antonio Brown and. Uh, yeah, I, I tell you what. If you can, if you can give me a trade where I get back a first round pick and um, Antonio Brown, and I give away Amari Cooper a third and a fifth, I think I'm taking that trade almost every single day of the week. Right. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. Um, now, both the old teams for these guys, the Giants and the, the Steelers, they they both take like a twenty one, twenty two million dollar cap hit still. So just just to show you how young these contracts are, is there's still that much dead money in these contracts, and uh, uh, 
some people on, on the Twitterverse said these are untradeable, but no, everything's tradable. I mean, it's if it's not working out for you, if, if you're clearly in a rebuild, just stock back up on picks and let's go. You know? Right. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Deshaun Jackson was traded from Tampa Bay to Philadelphia, so he's back in Philly again. So that'll yeah. be interesting. And then I think he also signed a three-year contract after that. Yeah, actually, it was for pretty good uh, money too, right? I think he got like, like three or thirty or something, or something yeah. like that. Something up there, yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of money there, and uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's probably happy to. I know that's where he wanted to go, so uh, good spot for him. We'll see what he's got left. Uh, I know that I saw Carson Wentz tweet out that he's excited just to throw the ball. Uh, as far as he can and let Deshaun run and get it. I think Jackson's still one of the faster players in the league. And, Definitely. Know, and, he, and he still proved that last year. Yeah, so, so it's a great... I mean, it's a good fit, catches, so. good fit for him. You know, I like... I, I don't know. It's good. I, I know the Eagles have made a few moves now, so I think they're looking to... I mean, they haven't they haven't retained Golden Tate, right? So they're they're obviously looking to, to kind of bump up that position a bit. Yeah, yep. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Joe Flacco to Denver for a fourth-round pick. Yeah, that. Uh, I mean, I guess what are you, are you trying to recreate the Peyton Manning thing? I guess I don't I, really I, understand it myself. I guess if you believe that he's motivated and and just needed a change of scenery, uh, obviously Baltimore at one point in time believed in Flacco and gave him quite a bit of money. So uh, maybe he'll figure it out and have a little bit of a resurgence there. But I, I know that it's not a player that I would necessarily be excited about leading the team, but. You never know. For a fourth round pick, I mean, I, I don't really think you can go wrong with that. Um, I think it's a a move to solidify that position. Now, um, everyone was high on Case Keenum after 2017. I kind of was pretty much of that's an outlier season for what he's been. Um, yeah. So I think the Denver Broncos were never really going to get much more than what they got in 2018 from Case Keenum. Um, so you get what you pay for there. I mean, and now you're on to Joe Flacco, and now they they trade Case Keenum to Washington. Um, which for basically almost nothing, they upgraded their 2027th to a sixth uh, for that trade. Um, I think they're also eating half of his seven million dollar salary, so yeah. there's a little bit of, yeah, of, of playing around there. But Case Keenum to Washington, a pretty good insurance policy, I think, for uh, Alex Smith if he doesn't come back. Um, anything to add on that one? No, I mean, I, I would assume, I don't think Alex Smith is probably going to play football this year, would be my guess. Uh, but I think Keenum being there again, probably motivated to have a little bit better year and prove that two years ago was not a fluke. And uh, certainly it, it appears he's going to have the opportunity to do that. So a couple guys that should definitely be motivated to, um, you know, start fresh and, and get things going. Yep, start a, another chapter of their careers, definitely. Um, now this one kind of surprised me. D four to the Forty ers for twenty twenty second round pick. Okay, now this goes to a further point. That's a whole other podcast of the franchise tag. But basically, the Chiefs franchise tagged him and they traded him for a twenty twenty second round pick, which to me is almost nothing for what that player actually is. Right. So I I don't know what to make of this one. Like, who are you gonna have rushing the passer? Like, I I don't get it. They, they didn't retain Justin Houston. Now they, they sent off D Ford. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, they, they've 
for as excited as people were about this team last year and as good as they were, and obviously Mahomes is kind of the centerpiece. They've they're starting to lose players, you know, left and right, and and they I believe released Eric Berry. Um, yep. You know, obviously lost Kareem Hunt. Tyreek Hill is, uh, you know, involved in a situation right now, and we'll see how things shake out there. But you know, he might not be playing football for anyone either. So uh, you know, all of a sudden you're going to have you're going to still have Kelsey and and Mahomes. But this is there's definitely been a lot of moves going on on with the Chiefs this right. off season because he even had last year he had you know got rid of Kareem Hunt. So that entire whole offense is starting to look different just from a year ago at this point. And now, yeah. now you're starting to pull off defensive pieces. I think there's going to be a pretty sizable dip here in in what Kansas City sees this year, um, based on playoff runs and season expectations. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously they had a defense that that struggled already um, last year, so uh, we'll see. If you know, I don't know if their theory is just it can't get a lot worse or what, but we'll see. Well, if you're putting up 55 points a game, it's kind of hard to. Uh to not win those games even if your defense gives up 40 right so um yeah so i think that's that's kind of the bigger trades that we saw go down um that were kind of interesting uh some bigger signings we saw earl thomas with the ravens i forget what he got but i was pretty blown away with what he got based on uh, his status coming from injury yeah it was a big it was a big deal um i could probably find it for you here but yeah definitely goes to uh, a solid defense, and, and their secondary is going to be pretty elite, to say the least. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely got some pieces there, but of course the Ravens also uh, cut, I think they cut, right? Um, they cut Weddle, so... Yeah, yep. Went they to did. the Rams for relatively cheap money, I thought, um, but you know... <laughs> What do I know? The whole safety market this year has been up and down. Like, there's there's two tiers. There's 14 million a year, and there's like four million a year. It doesn't seem like there's any in between. <clears throat> um, Nick Foles is now the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. Yep. And they're going to be paying him like a, a hundred million over the next four years. Uh, up, yeah. Up to that it. or something like that. Yeah, I think it was four years. Yeah. I what. I don't. I mean, it makes a lot more sense when you remember that John D. Filippo is now the offensive coordinator for Jacksonville. So it makes some sense there, but God, that money is absolutely massive for Nick Foles, who I'm not convinced can play a regular season without shit in the bed. Postseason, obviously, he does very well, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Obviously, he's done well uh, when he's been put into situations. So, uh, you know, uh, Jacksonville, you joke all the time, they're a quarterback away, they're a quarterback away. And uh, I think they just they made the decision that, you know, they didn't have a lot to choose from, and this is their guy, and, and they're going to hope that it's the real deal. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Jacksonville is another one of those franchises that I think a team a lot of people thought was going to be good for years to come, and now it's like, you know, you've had frustrations with players on both sides of the ball. Uh, Fournette was frustrated, and and you know you've just it, you kind of got a weird situation there. So uh, they'll be a, a unique team to watch this year as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely moving pieces there. And one little footnote I had to this was um, they just re-signed Bortles to a three-year contract last year. Essentially, they paid him twenty-six point five million dollars for one year. Just throwing that out there. So Blake Bortles made a pretty damn good paycheck last year. 
Um, so he's not hurting at all. Um, no. Landon Collins, another Giants that they just kind of let walk. I think he was coming off his fifth-year option, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. uh, instead of tagging them, he pretty much went to Washington for more than what the tag would have been, which is I think it was like 14-some-odd million a year. So that's 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 insane to me. Like, he's good. But just to put it in perspective, we're paying um, Harrison Smith just a shade over $10 million on average a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there. there's some players that got paid this year, you know, and um, great for him. Can, congrats. I know he'll bring a presence to that secondary, but, uh, I mean, not only him, but as we've talked through all of these, you know, Foles, et cetera, there's just been a lot of money spent, and I know we're going to get to a couple more here where it, – it's a little bit mind blowing how willy nilly, if you will, these teams are spending the money. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, see what you got? Trey Flowers to Detroit. Uh, that was an interesting one. So it seemed like everyone in the NFC North um, has been loading up on on edge rushers. You got Preston and Zadarius Smith going to Green Bay. So I don't know what to make of these. I don't know if these are like guys that I'm supposed to be fearing here or what. Uh, you know, I've listened to a few things just from a. I try to get outside of, you know, like obviously Vikings Twitter, but a lot of Vikings fans reacting that they're frustrated that Green Bay spent a lot of money, which we knew they would. I think they had like third or fourth most cap space uh, going in, so you knew there was going to be some money spent. Right. Um, what I've heard, na- kind of nationally, is yeah, they're they're fine with the signings, but it sounds like that maybe they get overpaid, you know, for some of these guys to bring them in. And, you know, I guess when you have Rodgers at the helm, you know, the focus should just be on improving that defense, which I think is what their goal was here. Right. You know, maybe they're viewing it as, hey, we've got a couple of years where we know Rodgers is going to be really good. Let's just get some guys in here that have been doing a decent job and let's just pay, let's write the check for whatever it's going to take to get them in. And I, and I think that's kind of what you saw here. So, you know, I don't mean that as kind of the slap in the face for Green Bay fans if you're listening to this, but, uh, you know, I think it remains to be seen how this will actually help them uh, this year and, and certainly the years after that. Right. So for Green Bay, you mentioned that it's about $29 million on average um, each year for both those guys. Um, Trey Flowers, I was just going to look that one up too. Trey Flowers is averaging, well, he got a big contract, averaging $18 million a year, looks like. Now, I want to point, I point this out because <clears throat> Daniil Hunter, who I'd argue is better than all three of these guys, is being paid $14.4 million a year. So just to put that out there, if you're mad at the Vikings front office for not doing O-line stuff, fine. But you have to praise the hell out of them for getting our guys in these contracts. You look at we're saving four plus million a year with Harrison Smith. We're saving, you know, three four million a year on Daniel Hunter, and we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to Bar here. We're saving three four million on Bar. Um, so it, making these good deals, keeping guys here where uh, where they want to be is is huge. Um, so. Just something to to look out for is, yeah, we're spending a lot of money, but if you look at some of the money that's that's made in open free agency, it gets kooky really quick. Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree more. 
CJ Mosley to the Jets, seventeen million a year average. That's an insane amount of money for a linebacker. Yep, they got him right after uh, they lost Barr, so to speak. When they thought they had him, they ended up filling in with a, another linebacker. So, yeah, that was uh, definitely interesting because here's how it breaks down. Um, C.J. Mosley, this, this is a traditional linebacker contract. C.J. Mosley, $17 million. The next highest, Anthony Barr, 13.5. Before that, the highest was uh, Luke Keekley at 12.3. So that's that's definitely creeping up, and we saved ourselves a boatload of money over having to pay 15 16 for Barr, which I'm sure that's about what his contract was with the Jets. Right. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> Basically, when I see all these moves going, and, and um, I think I've seen it throughout, that just praising the Vikings for the way that they're able to get these deals and these players uh, signed and, and how they set themselves up for right now and, and just keeping everything in mind. You know, I, I think sometimes these teams go out and seemingly sign players and they think about right now, today, and don't have any insight into the future and how this can affect them down the road. and. Uh, I think that's something that the Vikings, you know, focus on when when they make these player signings. Right. All right, so next one I got here is uh, Panthers took one of our guys that I think we were early targeting, but we were probably priced out pretty quick on. Uh, yeah. Paradis, the center, um, which makes sense. I don't th- I think what Ryan Khalil, he retired? Um, I don't know. No, you say that. Let's see here. Uh, yep, he will retire after the 2018 season. So Ryan Khalil retired, um, and they also just recently cut Matt Khalil as well. So both Khalil brothers are off the Panthers. If you ever want an idea of what not to do with a contract, take a look at Matt Khalil's contract with the Panthers. They, right. That contract is an abomination. I don't know how any GM actually let that thing go through. Um, but... I think they they saved some money, but not a whole lot. Um, I think because of when they cut him, they were able to save more than I thought. But um, still, it's that was just a horrible contract for him, and it's yeah. Matt Khalil, which is which is even sadder when you consider the fact that we apparently offered Matt Khalil more money than Carolina did. Right. So, bullet dodged there. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. All right, a couple more here to burn through. Lev Bell to the Jets. What do you think? Good fit. Uh, I'm I'm really starting to get in that camp where running backs. I don't want to spend the money there, and you know certainly they did. I think uh, it'd be it'll be interesting when it's all said and done uh, what Bell thinks about holding out and um, you know certainly forfeiting the money last year, but also not having the Steelers give him 500 touches. You know, it, it probably saved his body and prolonged the career as well. So. Yeah. You know, I just I wonder how he's going to feel when it's all said and done, and and you know, good for him to get money. I think he's still one of the uh, premier players in the league, and and certainly the Jets are going to hope that uh, you know he can bring some life to an offense that uh, hasn't been very great uh, over the last few years. Right, as you alluded to, he sat out last year, would have made about fourteen point five million or so, something like that, had he played last year. But um, from what I understand, the contracts that he was being offered from the Steelers did not contain a ton of guaranteed money. And I believe his contract with the Jets contains like 30 or so guaranteed. Um, so it's one of those things where 
yeah, technically the, the dollar value was lower per year, but the guaranteed money, which is what running backs should be looking for, was a lot higher than what the Steelers were offering. Right. So, like I said, you know, what what does that do to his, his longevity, being out that whole year and getting a full year of rest? I don't know. Um, we'll find that out in a few years, you know. We'll see how that kind of works out. But I, I'm with you there. I, I don't see any reason to pay this kind of money if you're running back. You look at what um, Connor did last year for Pittsburgh. Yeah, basically being exactly. Like a, a, what was he, a third-round draft pick, something like that. And he comes in there and basically replaces that role. So, to me, it's not as important who the running back is. I mean, to some extent it is, but as long as your scheme and your blocking is set up properly, you can kind of do it with any guy that's got speed and can catch the ball. Right. No, I, like I said, I'm 100% in agreement with that. I think uh, drafting those younger players that are uh, quicker and, and, you know, big thing there that I always, as you know, have nightmares about is just the uh, making sure you've got ball security. But, um, yeah, I, I'm on I'm on team no running back kind of, uh, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but, but I'm with you on that one. Team rookie contract running back. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, let's see, we got Honey Badger to Kansas City. So Kansas City lost a couple guys, but they get Honey Badger. Um, I, I don't know. Like like we said, it's that defense was really not great to start with last year. So what does that do for you after you're losing Eric Berry? Like, is that a one-for-one replacement? And yeah, probably pretty close. So, right. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts in Kansas City, and I'd be curious to kind of see how that all ends up playing out, and we'll yeah. find out. But. To me, right now, they, they kind of they took they took a step back this year. So, prove me yeah. wrong, Kansas City. Prove me wrong. Then we got, ha ha, Clinton Dix to the Bears. So that's fun. Yeah, I think was it Adrian Amos went to the uh, Packers. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Yes. So both of them are also loading up on secondary. So it seems like the NFC North is going to be a very competitive defensive uh, division, is what it's spanning or panning out to be right now. So I don't know. I guess I wasn't too impressed with them. Obviously, if he got traded for what he got traded for in season, they knew they weren't going to re-sign him. The Packers didn't, and he didn't get re-signed by Washington. So I don't really know what to make of it. But right. Yeah, I, again, I think uh, at least within the NFC, some of these are just identifying, you know, where can we get better and and uh, writing the check and and you know I, we'll see how it plays out for them. Uh, yeah, but yeah, our boy Sheldon Richardson went to the Browns. He um, did got paid there? I think it's, it could be up to a three-year, thirty-nine million. Um, kind of what I expected. I expected it to be kind of in that realm. I didn't really think the Vikings had a chance at resigning him, which is fine, which means we'll get a third round draft pick in compensation uh, next year, is what we're tracking for currently. So, thanks for the third round pick, Sheldon. Good luck at the Browns. That defensive yeah. front is looking pretty nasty, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, we talked about Weddle to the Rams. Went for way cheaper than I expected, but maybe it's an age thing. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a that's where he really wants to be at the end of his career. I don't know. But I, I like that move a lot. I think that makes a lot of sense for him. 
I, yeah. I, I got to imagine he has roots down there because he was with the Chargers for so long. Right. So, <clears throat> makes sense. Um, we got our top still available free agents here. So, a couple of these big signings roll into some of these that kind of curious as to when these guys are actually going to get signed. So, you got Justin Houston, Ndamukong Sue, Ezekiel Ansah, Eric Berry, who was a hell of a surprise cut. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, and you got three Packers here, Randall Cobb, or at least three former Packers. Jordy Nelson got cut after AB was brought to the Raiders. thought that was an interesting move, and Clay Matthews is still available. Yeah, we. Got, I mean, they got some some big names. I know, I think I saw Randall Cobb was with uh, Dallas today visiting. Yep. Uh, Jordy Nelson had uh, four or so teams that were he was going to visit. I uh, did not see Green Bay listed. I know a lot of people thought maybe he'd go there um, and try to finish out the career on a cheaper deal but that's the thing is uh, I think Green Bay would only be interested to bring him back on a little bit cheaper deal and he's probably gonna maybe try to get everything he can if he continues to play so yep um, get that paycheck when you can yeah and then the rest of them you know it's been pretty quiet for the most part I know we had uh, Sue in Minneapolis for you know there was that whole uh, drama, you know, last week I think, and he was, and he was just here for his girlfriend. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal or anything. He was just kind of that's where his girlfriend is from, is Minnesota. So he okay. was just here for some winter sports. Yeah, so I mean, a, a lot of these guys, like you said, it's been pretty quiet, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see when uh, these guys go uh, where they do. You would think a lot of them. Um, from a team standpoint, you'd maybe want to know where those guys are at before the draft. Uh, certainly a player like Sue or, or um, you know, Ansa, Houston, etc. all these guys, if you've got them and you know they're going to be there for a couple of years, you know, that might change your draft uh, strategy. So we'll, we'll it, see. It, but, it, could, no. it could also be teams are in contact with these guys and say, okay, we're not going to do anything yet, but we're going to wait till the draft pans out, and if we don't get the guys we want, then we can kind of fill in the little holes that we need to plug with one of these guys you know I, yeah. I could see it the other way too you know sometimes you'd want these guys ahead of the draft so you have more flexibility and sometimes you'd want these as insurance after the draft if you if it doesn't fall the way you want it to fall yeah yep so uh yeah just kind of interesting there so um talk a little bit about this bar saga so this has been made a big deal here um he turned on more with the jets but basically he gave a, ver- a verbal commitment to his agent saying yeah that'll work for the jets that got reported, and then the next day after, it was reported that he was coming back to the Vikings and they were working out the deal. So, I don't know thoughts on that saga. I'm kind of surprised that he's willing to take less to stay here. I thought he wanted a different role. That was my initial read on the situation since he didn't sign long-term last year. Um, so, thoughts on this and, and maybe how this kind of threw a wrench in what we were planning this offseason because... Apparently the the contract offer we had to him was on the on the table all of last year. Uh, you know, I really don't. It's weird. This one's weird. Um, I, I think, like we mentioned on the last show, we both expected him to be gone, uh, and he signed right. Or the rumors were he was signing with the Jets right away, and it's like okay, that makes sense. Um, and then completely thrown for a loop the next day. And I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, you know, I don't know if if that's Zimmer and, and they're saying, you know, really pushing him and trying to get him to stay, saying we're going to mix up how we'll use you. 
Uh, I don't know if he just loves the fit here. And, you know, it, it doesn't really add up to me, to be honest with you. You know, I know that's not the best uh, best breakdown of this, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, personally. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand what more we could offer that we haven't shown him already. Like, he's been here five years. I don't see his role drastically changing in year six, seven, and eight. So, yeah, I don't know what more or what what bigger role we can offer him than he already has. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what that whole deal is. I, I don't really understand it myself. Um, to be honest, though, it would have been pretty difficult to replace the Anthony Barr role within this defense, especially with what's out there right now in free agency. Um, you'd almost certainly have to draft a guy, and to get a guy that can be a, a plug-and-play replacement, you'd probably have to trade up in the first round, which I don't think we, we have the assets to do. Um, so, on one hand, I hate the cap space it takes up because there's a lot of stuff you could do with $13 million in cap space, only like $6 million this year, though. But on the other hand, it's replacing him would be very difficult for what he does to this defense. Yeah. So. Right. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think I personally am hoping that we're going to see, uh, you know, just a little bit better version of Barr. I know, we, like you said, we've seen it at times, but I'm just hoping for a little more consistency and, and just to see that player um, at all times and, and hopefully even more than what we've seen. So, yep. Yeah. All right, so sticking with the defense, defensive line, we bring back Shamar Steffen on a, was it a three-year deal? Three-year deal for $12 million, I believe? Yep. Um, I think a great deal for the Vikings. Uh, low cap it this year, only 2.3 cap it this year. So they're, they're shifting some of that money around. But um, very versatile guy, can back up both tackle spots. Um, so I, I love the move after you have uh, Sheldon go. I, I think this is you know a step down, obviously, from Sheldon. But you look at that flexibility of playing both spots. You look at some of the young guys behind him there. If this ends up being a two-year deal and that year three is is cut off the equation, you know, so be it. I, I think we're completely fine with that scenario. Yeah, I I think you nailed it. You know, knowing we get Barr back and and I think they made a decision that clearly they weren't going with Sheldon. So looking to save some money there, you get a guy that's familiar with um with the team and and the majority of the coaching staff and the scheme. So I think it's a great fit and. You know, we'll just look, hopefully we don't really uh, notice, you know, a significant drop off uh, in the overall production of the line. But um, I, I think it's a good. I like that move personally. Yeah, I think it made a lot of sense from uh, from how things broke down. I, th- I thought it was interesting too, though, because both Shamar Stefan and Tom Johnson went to Seattle last year, mm-hmm. and now they're both <laughs> wanting to come back to the Vikings. So kind of interesting thing there. It's like, huh, maybe you didn't realize how good you had it there, bud. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so last couple here. We got Nick Easton goes to the Saints after their Max Unger retires for four years, $24 million. Yeah. This surprised a lot of people because he's coming off a serious neck injury, which is nothing to scoff at. Those things are, they can be notorious for, you know, career enders or career limiters. So I was very surprised to see this much money put into Nick Easton. Um, there's, I don't think there's any way the Vikings are going to come close to matching this. No, it sounds like uh, 
I read an article today that said we were we had somewhat of a competitive offer out, but then once um, you know Unger retired and freed up uh, seven million, well, you know, or so? yeah, they essentially they just couldn't they couldn't compete after that point, and and good for Nick Easton, you know, you hope that he's healthy and absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, I hope he plays very well, and unless he plays the Vikings, and then he can have a sucky game. I don't care, but um, like I always say here, go get your money when you can, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, don't hold out on your contract when you already agreed to it. But go get your money when you can, because um, NFL, you're you're one snap away from a career ender. Yep, yep. It's, it's sometimes that quick. So, um, I guess good luck to Nick, and we'll we'll see kind of how that works out. And I find it very interesting. Um, those of, of the Vikings fans, at least in the, the Twitter sphere, at least, um, last year they were all pissed that Nick Easton was going to be the starting left guard. Now they're pissed that we didn't re-sign him. Right, and well, it's it's, I mean, it's interesting because he's like he's like fifty fourth of six of sixty qualifying guards. It's like yeah, I you know you know you can't keep him happy. I mean, it's just it's like what do you no matter want? what. No matter what happens, that's it's certain people are going to be mad, and and uh, you just yeah. got to get over that piece of it. Yeah, it is what it is. So he's gone. We got, we're on the the new things, and hopefully we can get a couple guys here, and we'll have an update, you know, next week of, of who we bring in. But um, that's it for the signings. A uh, little cap space update. Griffin restructured. Pulled, I think it was somewhere around four million, like three point something out of his salary. Um, yep. So that was helpful. That came down to the wire, too. That was like 10 minutes before the deadline, which, although I think if they had it in place and they had a, a verbal agreement, they probably could have gotten an extension from the league. I think that's allowed as long okay. as as long as long intent is there. So I'm sure if it would have been 402, I'm sure they would have allowed it to go in. Um, I don't think the league is that strict on that. Um, but according to the last nfl pa report which is different from all the websites and from my calculations we have 9.2 million in cap space okay which tells me that there might have been a, a restructured deal that hasn't officially been announced yet but has actually gone through and processed okay which is interesting to me but um so 9.2 million we need about four and a half five to start the season that's that's rookie pool that's practice squad that's 52nd and 53rd contracts so we have about 4.7 million in space i'd expect most of that to go to signing a guard or two um by the way we also need a kicker mike yeah yeah mike we still don't have a kicker <sighs> i saw that so um hey mike we don't have maybe, a kicker maybe we draft one maybe with like the third round pick you know Go early and try to get a never draft specialist. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what we do with kicker right now because I got to imagine any decent one's going to cost two and a half plus. Yeah, um, you know I'm not sure. I know we mentioned and and I guess one thing we we didn't touch on was uh, Latavius did sign. uh, Latavius Murray signed a deal with the Saints. Um, Actually, pretty big deal as well uh, there. And a four-year deal. Um, so he's gone. And then uh, today, Amir Abdullah, uh, Abdullah just uh, re-signed with the Vikings. So that's definitely that, that second running back spot is where we saved, you know, some some uh, cap there. And, and certainly Mike Boone, uh, like I think we touched on last show, we expect to be um, involved this year from a running back standpoint as well. Sure. Um, 
And the uh, Amir Abdullah contract, that hasn't been released yet, so we don't have numbers on that. But um, the Latavius Murray contract, was it four years, $3.6 million average? Um, so not it's not horrible. They can get out of it in year two with not a whole lot dead. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's fine. Um, one thing New Orleans, though, just from a cap standpoint... They keep on shifting Drew Brees' money into the future with an automatic voiding contract here. And if you ever see a, a team do that, they're basically putting their, their cap space on a credit card. All right. Here's why this is this is really, really not great for them. Because in 2020, Drew Brees carries a cap hit of $21.3 million. Okay? And he's not under contract. All right, he carries a cap hit of twenty-one million dollars in twenty twenty, and he's not under contract. Yikes! That's how insane that is. All right, these guys got a lot of contracts to take care of in the next couple of years here. That ain't gonna help at all. So, right, they better hope Teddy Bridgewater pans out here, and and they better be hoping to give him the keys next year with that kind of a thing going on. Because I don't see how they can afford to pay Drew Brees in twenty twenty and make that cap hit forty. That's just crazy. Right. Yeah. Huh. It's a, it's a big number. Yeah. They just keep on sliding it into the, into the future. And actually, they have a 2021 year that also voids. So they they slide so much money into the future. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. That's how you get into Cap Hill. So be thankful that you have Rick Spielman and, and Rob Brzezinski to take care of this stuff because... Even though our 2020 cap situation doesn't seem great right now, there's a couple guys that are probably going to be cut, like Reef. Um, Everson will probably either be, either be reworked, cut, or traded. So there's some money sitting there for us. For the Saints, uh, yeah, they're they're starting in the hole. So. Yep, yep. Uh, anything else on uh, free agency, Mike? Um, no, I think we touched on most. I know uh, Adrian Peterson signed with, with uh, Washington. Washington. Another one-year deal, right? No, I think it was two for eight. Oh, is that bad? Or something like that. Um, I think that was it. And then uh, I just saw Eric Eric Flowers actually just signed with Washington as well. And so a couple couple deals are, are starting to trickle in. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting here in the next month we're going to see, you know, yeah. More. After the first rush wave, the first week, it's it, it slows down a lot, and it can seem like a crawl because you're used to coming in like every ten minutes. There's a new contract being announced, but yeah, um, some of the stuff is we're a month away until the draft. We're two months away until the first rookie minicamp. So the guys that we're picking up right now, they're not even going to be in the facility for another two months. Right. So it's not like we're losing time by not having these guys under contract right away. So, yep, yep. so as far as Rick Spielman goes and the the O line goes for the Vikings, like yes, we're aware we need two new guards. Just let it settle. We have time. There's plenty of time to get these guys. Um, there's a couple guys to watch. There's that Wisenowski guy. I think he's coming in for a visit. There's Klein that was cut from the Titans after they signed in Zaffold. So there's a couple guys out there that are good scheme fits that could be um, potential decent players for the Vikings. And then you just walk into the draft with some flexibility and. You know, if you end up with uh, with your guard or your center or your tackle, great. If you don't, 
well, that's why you you took care of this in free agency, so we didn't have to reach or anything in the draft. Yep. Because the reason why we're in the cap situation we are is because we retained all of our players. Like, all of our first, second, third round picks have pretty much been retained, especially on the defense, over the last several years. And that's because we're drafting well, and we're developing players very well. Yeah. So it's it's not a bad thing to be in this cap situation. It means you've done very well elsewhere. It's a bad thing when you have $60 million of cap that you can roll over, a.k.a. Browns, Indianapolis, because they haven't drafted well, they haven't had to sign these guys yet. So just be lucky where we're at, because we're still a top-tier team in terms of talent. It's just can we put it together and, and make a, a solid run of the playoffs and hopefully take home Super Bowl 54. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's the ultimate goal, right? That's the goal, man. Skull to the bowl, right? Yep. All right. If you got nothing else, I got nothing else. We're going to wrap it up here for this edition of Skulders. I'm at Namok7 on Twitter. Musky underscore Mike. Skulders.com. You're listening to it here or you're listening to it on the Climbing the Pocket podcast network. So um, check out them, Climb the Pocket uh, at on the Twitter, at Climb the Pocket. They got good stuff coming out daily. Um, yeah. Just skull, man. Let's, let's go get this finish off and get a couple guards here, and let's you know, let's roll. Amen. Skull, baby. Yep, skull. <laughs>